Welcome to Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode and Igloo. I'm one of your hosts, UX designer Yasmin Evian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-host, tech columnist Andy Anako. Yo! I'm sorry, I can't... So, so, I, I, so. This is another. This is another joke. They'll come across much better if we were actually like video streaming. Uh, I'm, wearing, <laughs> I'm wearing a. I'm wearing a black T-shirt, and uh, I found like a, the same really cool po- uh, Polish hat making company that sold me the hat that I was wearing all through winter. I decided to buy a nifty little beret, and I just slapped it on my head because I've, it's been. It's hot. It's. I'm sweaty. It's nasty. But only at, when I started looking at myself in the preview Skype window, which I realized that now I look like a '60s like hipster poet. Coffee shop beatnik, <laughs> and so. I was, but the thing is, like that was like twenty years before my generation, so I don't know what a hipster coffee shop sixties beatnik would say, or I don't know. So, like I said, <laughs> killer killer joke. Although, can I? I I'm, I I'm sorry to hold. It, I'm sorry to hold this up once more, but I've been looking forward to this all day. I always I always look forward to talking to you, Yasmin. But we are in Boston. We are in like day three of a heat wave. It was 91 degrees today. All 91 day long. degrees. I'm, 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 oh, please I'm, 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 give me a exactly. break. Okay, there you fine, go. Fine, continue, Thank you. Continue. Oh, <laughs> I feel it's like the it's like I now have all house air conditioning. Now that I'm talking to someone from Phoenix because because <laughs> what, it's 110 degrees right now. Hold on, hold on. And I, I, it's 110. 10 degrees right now and it's oh. tuesday at 5 p.m in arizona so uh 91 oh, you are degrees a good your friend. High, Thank you. that'd be fantastic uh but but i'm we gonna do fetch have a sweater some, now. <laughs> but sorry, we do have ahead. someone else who is actually possibly potentially able to wear a jacket mr man in green russell ivanovich hey hey i'm also here to provide the celsius translations that's 32 degrees and 43 degrees <laughs> for the people that use proper units out there not these weird Ooh. weird weird american units and yes i'm wearing a t-shirt not because it's warm but just because i can it's winter over here you can <laughs> yeah it's winter in australia so uh which the f- fun part about it being winter in australia and you know being summer up in the u.s is that there are two completely uh, different seasons happening right now. And you know, I know something interesting. There are completely oh, different oh, seasons. Hold on. <laughs> there are completely different seasons for everyone that is listening to Material Podcast at the moment. Uh, last, last year, last week, we said, hey, let us know where you're listening for Material. Um, and, you know, the hashtag was WWMaterial. And it was super, super awesome to see where people are listening from. Uh, we had some people listening from Syria, some people listening from Argentina, Canada, Puerto Rico, Italy, Poland, New Zealand, Norway. Um, I, there's France, like and India. They're all over the place. And of course, the U.S. We have some, uh, you know, Montana, Illinois, Texas, Colorado, everywhere. It's uh, that was pretty awesome. I don't want to presume, <laughs> but I'm hoping that Andy has come up with a song. Involving all these uh, country <laughs> names and place locations. Please, Andy, don't let me down. Um, I kind of want to do a parody of California Girls, but this is now 2016, and that would be sexist. <laughs> if this were 1983, <laughs> that would be smashingly funny. But I would also we would also be recording the show on cassette tapes, advertising it in our zine, and mailing it to people. So, but. Uh, Andy, yeah, it, it is, it is like cool. That. It's like so material <laughs> girls. Are the listeners <laughs> in Finland are swell as the people <laughs> in Qatar, and Mumbai <laughs> listeners are really nice, but not even better than the ones from Lyon, France, in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and Buenos Aires, Argentina. They can have a coffee with the people in Koje, Denmark, and maybe say hi to people in Norway, New Zealand, and Poland. But Italians and Syrians and <laughs> Athens and Puerto Rican listeners have a lot in common with people in Malta and Canada and the UK and Glasgow because Berlin. Okay, I think. <laughs> Colombia. It was. It was actually like the coolest thing to see where people were listening from, just because you really don't know uh, the impact of what the reach. And I was over over the weekend. I was like telling my husband, I'm like, oh, look where we we have listeners from all over the world. And he's like, you are the coolest wife I've ever had. So, uh, which that sparked. <laughs> and, and I will point out, the listener from Poland actually used the word beloved or beloved, depending oh, on how you want to pronounce it. So we beloved. are beloved That's, all over the world. We are beloved. I love that. And we also That's have wonderful. some. I was going to say we also have some smart aleck listeners who, where do you listen? In a car, 
ha, 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 ha. Oh, that, that's so funny. Uh, time on a highway. I don't know if you listen on a highway. That, that could be a technicality. On a stereo. We'll, we'll allow that one, I think. And the best one, I think, was... I tried a- listening to it on the stereo. <laughs> I kept falling off. <laughs> See, we can make just as silly and stupid jokes as the listeners. Exactly. And one person, <laughs> Yasmin, even listened to us on a plane. Mm. I don't know how they tweeted. Maybe wow. they had the in-flight Wi-Fi. But that's pretty cool that they dedicated their, their plane time just to material podcasts. And they, they had no way to find out what else was happening in the world. They probably cut off from the rest of the world. We were the only the, news source they had up in the air. That's, it's a good news source. If they could come back to us, how much do you love us? Because we appreciate that's the fact that, gee, I'm locked in this death tube for six hours. I'm going to listen to our, our podcast friends on material. But if you were paying for, like, Boingo Wireless and you're, it was actually costing you, like, $30 to listen to us streaming from the site, that's even better. That's like we should give you, like, a dollar off the next T-shirt for that if that's true. But you have to provide us with a receipt, I think, and an Ooh, extra dollar for shipping. Future revenue stream. Process. How much would you pay? To listen to material. Mm. Uh, I don't think we want the answer to that question because... Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe let's not create a hashtag. Don't tweet at us. We don't want to know. Too depressed. Yeah, don't, don't create a hashtag for that. Uh, no, but it was super awesome. So keep on telling us where you're from. Uh, maybe maybe we'll create, or maybe not we will, but maybe one, one of the listeners that, listen, that is listening out there uh, will create a Google Maps where people can drop pins of where they are and just kind of find out where everyone is listening for material. That would be super, super awesome. So... Uh, Super cool. Keep the countries and locations coming. We love hearing from you. Thank you for responding and writing back. But, you know, they weren't the only ones that were listening to us, Andy. They weren't the only ones. Sometimes people from Google actually listen to the podcast. People that actually work on the products that we're talking about listen to the podcast. Uh, So over the week, we we got this uh, tweet that said, just now caught up with this week's material podcast where they talk about Android Neko. And well, now I have some capital letters, feelings, feelings. <laughs> so Dan Sandler sent this message to material podcast. And Andy, what, what do you have to say for this tweet? What's your response? Well, um, I'm an, uh, not just a, a current school nerd. I'm an old school nerd. Uh, I use technology to avoid uh, having feelings of any kind. So if this was a problem in the developer release of uh, Android N, I do hope it's one of those things that they fix before they go to Golden Master because that will definitely inhibit my workflow if I have to feel things while I'm using my devices. <laughs> we- <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was kind of adorable. I guess you were in chat with him and he said, I've been listening to – I've been reading Andy Anatko since, since I first was reading like thick like computer magazines and it's like, like okay – Okay, I'm, 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 I'm still very hip. See, I'm, I'm wearing a black beret just like hipsters in like 1960s movies are. I think, yeah. I don't play was... Pokemon Go, but I can recognize when other people are playing Pokemon Go. I'm really quite liberal in my thinking, you know? It, it was really funny because you were affectionately mocking him, you know, and, um, and he <laughs> turns out. Yeah, affectionately. You, you definitely, it was all in good fun. And you were, I, I know, talking about how much you actually, you know, do like it. But you were just being affectionate about it. You're teasing. <laughs> I wasn't wasn't teasing so, so much. I get, this is what I go through. Like when I I write so much, and sometimes some weeks I podcast so much that I'm like, oh my god, what did I say? And I have to go right go back. And I, it really was. If you missed last week's show, it's like I uh, I realized it could have come across as sar- sarcastic. It was uh, uh, the Neko uh, app uh, Easter egg was uh, described as a twenty a Google or twenty percent project, and I said that I, I was. I was sincerely in love with Google, the fact that if you look at the list of 20% projects that Googlers work on, it goes all the way from I want to feed every hungry child in the world to I think it'd be really cool if randomly created cats were to pop up and amuse people and you could collect them and then play with the cats that you've collected. It's like everybody – the reason the, – the way we create paradise on Earth is that if every specific – weird but wonderful idea that each one of us comes up with can be actually implemented in some way <laughs> i'm sorry I'll, I'll send I'll, I'll send you a coupon for a, for a hot dog or something if whatever I, it is that you like to eat i will also say out of all the projects you could work on i think putting cats in android is way above the guy who had to the guy or girl who had to animate uh, mickey's wiggly butt on the apple watch because i guarantee <laughs> there's an engineer out there they probably don't listen to this podcast but someone had to mm-hmm. animate Mickey wiggling his little button the Apple to, watch. on the watch. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Russell, you said girl, so is this a young developer? Oh, yeah, I don't see... I, Yasmin 
just recently I met a developer that was nine years old. She was a little wow, girl, that's... nine years old, and she just she homeschooled me in the development front. I felt so like just about this big. I'm making it a I, little little. I think she has here. more Swift experience than you now. Oh, <laughs> so. Speaking of young Swift developers, is I this week have been helping have been helping with App Camp for Girls, uh, which is an organization that's very popular in the Apple community. Uh, Jean McDonald is the one that started off App Camp for Girls, and she teamed up with a lot of per- awesome people, including Gray, who is the lead developer that put the curriculum together. And they started out in Portland, and they are all over the country, and even in uh, even in Canada. They're even in Canada or British Columbia. Is that Canada? Oh, man. Now I'm going to sound silly. Yes. Okay, yes. British Columbia is Canada. <laughs> okay, I, I wanted to make sure. I'm pretty sure it was, but there we go. So they are all over, and this year they brought App Camp for Girls to Phoenix, and the person who made App Camp for Girls Phoenix, I mean, there was a lot of people definitely involved, uh, but one of the main contacts who was the initial force behind all of this is Aline, which she is on our Relay FM network and has the podcast Less Than or Equal, and so the fun story of how this actually came about is that uh, Aline, Aline, sorry, had Jean on the podcast and they were talking about App Camp for Girls and it just really struck a chord with what Aline uh, really wants to focus on and do in the community and she was I think during the the episode as they progress on it's like so let's just hypothetically say you wanted to bring you know App Camp to one of your cities what would be the process and so they talked about that and now you know it's happening. It happened. Um, so one of the first times that I actually met Aline, um, we we talked about App Camp for girls, and she was like, you know, I, I if you're interested, you know, we're going to need a designer, and so we were all talking about that. So it was great. Uh, but there is one thing, one thing about App Camp, it is iOS building, not Android. It's iOS. So uh, we Ooh, had. We did, ha- did they so, know yeah. about this, Yasmin, when they hired you? Did you? Well, did you tell them? No. <laughs> That that was uh, there's some jokes on Twitter going on about how uh, Elaine didn't tell me that it was actually going to be an Apple app they were building. She just said mobile app, and then I showed up. Uh, got really awkward when I was talking about material design, and they were building an iOS app. No, I'm just kidding. That, <laughs> I, I did have a presentation on that, and so that was a lot of fun. But um, you know, I've actually am leading one of the teams, and they're working in Swift. So. I've seen Xcode, I've opened Xcode, I've played with it, so I think I can call myself an iOS developer now. Yeah, I don't see why not. It makes you more of an <laughs> iOS developer than, than most people. I think the other cool thing, Yasmin, is now that you know Swift, you probably know Kotlin as well, which is the, the Android version of Swift, which I just keep having to throw this out every single week. I actually predate Swift, so who's to say <laughs> Apple didn't copy Kotlin? Ooh, I don't know. Ooh. Whoa. But- Ooh. <laughs> But anyway, so, I'm getting off topic here. That that is really cool. Get, have you got any stories of like how it's how it's been going or anything like that? Yeah. So uh, you know, are any of these girls hiring? I think Russell and I want to. <laughs> yeah, any of them are at the employable age where they could become uh, junior programmers. You know, okay, so this is pretty awesome. So I led the design workshop. Where we had two of them, and I had them sketching out some of their ideas. And some of these were like, whoa. I didn't even think about that. That's amazing. So they're super, super creative. Um, and, you know, they love getting into the code and messing with it. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I foresee myself, you know, later down the road, if I ever have to hire uh, any, any developers or, you know, even designers, app designers, they are definitely going to be some of them. Uh, there's actually a fun joke, and we'll put it uh, in the show notes, about App Camp for Girls. Uh, so up leading up to App Camp for Girls, I kept on teasing Gene and everyone at App Camp saying, oh, I'm going to include like Android stuff, or it's going to be, you know, I'm going to put a slide like how to make awesome apps. And then there was a, there was a question saying, what would Google do? And so uh, we were just kind of trolling each other. And App Camp for Girls actually tweeted out something that says, you know, our UX and UI expert, Yasmin Avian, is showing us what makes apps function well. And my screen happened to be green. Yes, that's the backdrop I had. And the question is, is that a, is that a bit of Android green? <laughs> so I can neither confirm nor deny that I added green as a backdrop because of Android. I don't know. The world may never know. <laughs> Subvert oh, awesome. them while they're young. Excellent. I approve. Yes, yes. I mean, if we can convert them to the light side, I just want to establish just the light side, not the dark side for any uh, young listeners out there. Get into Android development as well. It's amazing. 
Yeah, so it was super fun. So having a lot of fun. It's still going to continue throughout the week. And I just want to thank App Camp for Girls for bringing it to Phoenix and letting me be a part of it. And everyone, all the organizers that are helping out uh, to bring make Phoenix happen. It's amazing. It really is pretty awesome um, when you get people who have never worked on apps. And at the end of the first day, they had already built two Swift apps. That's, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. pretty awesome. So, And I will say, for listeners that have never heard of App Camp for Girls, get out the Google, put it in the Google, App Camp for Girls, and check it out because they have all sorts of um, sponsorship opportunities and things like Shifty Jelly has been a long-time sponsor of, of App Camp for Girls, and I'm sure uh, many of our listeners have as well. But if you haven't, go check it out and throw some money their way because these events... They're, they're all about like inspiring a, a younger generation of developers and especially female developers, which is super important. You know, this is a, let's face it, this is a male dominated industry and it doesn't have to be, you know, this is, this is something we can all do like our small part to, to fix. And, you know, things like this are, are good ways of fixing it. And who doesn't love like inspiring young people? I just think it's yeah, super awesome. Yeah, I, I like to put in terms of, uh, I think all of us can remember the first piece of code that we made, not just, you know, 10, print, hello, 20, go to 10, but the first time you've, you had an idea for something you'd like your computer to do, and after being almost late for school three days in a row because you could not go to bed before you finished the next hunk of something. Uh, and uh, one of the great th- privileges and satisfactions about being a grown-up is that you can take these experiences and help them to happen for kids and for the next generation. And App Camp for Girls is one of the most worthy ways you can do that. I, it, I, I can't, I, can't uh, I, I just love that organization. I have an App Camp for Girls sticker on my, uh, on my iPad easel at my desk, and I have a button on my, ba- on my bag. I want to add something else. The trolling didn't stop on Twitter. Their app camp for girls, all the stuff that, you know, they hold all of their devices, like their MacBooks and iPods and all those Apple products. I can neither confirm or deny that there may or may not be a material sticker on there now. <laughs> so <laughs> there may be a material sticker on there. I have no mystery. idea. <laughs> no one should investigate that because, you know, it's, it's unsolvable. Just let it go. That doesn't make us look good. This sounds like when like Nike does like a basketball outreach training camp. It's really to get them to just to at eight year olds to get loyalty to the Nike shoes. Loyalty really, to material, l- 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 I support. Young, young women, whatever sneakers you want to wear, it's fine by us. As long as they have the material long- logo on them. We will, <laughs> we, we will have iron-on patches available. Yasmin, speaking of sponsorship, uh, we also have sponsors for this show. Uh, We're not as worthy a cause, but I'd like to think we're somewhere up there. So one of this week's sponsors is Linode. And Linode is a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers. They're spread across eight data centers around the world, which makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. Uh, you can get servers up and running in under a minute, and plans start at just $10. So they have you know really, really, really cheap plans. They have really expensive plans if you want tons of RAM. Um, the funny thing about the $10 plan is it now gets you two gigabytes of RAM, which on a server is a lot. Uh, you'll be able to choose resources, you know, which Linux distribution you want to use, where you want the, the node to be located. And after you've set it up, you know, click, click, boom, go, you know, log in. You'll have a manager tool to play with it as well. It's all, it's all quite seamless. They've done a really good job. So um, Linode is great for things like, you know, you want to run a private Git server, you want to host a large database, you want to run your own mail server, or you just want, you know, powerful applications in the cloud you know a lot of our infrastructure here that we use for pocket cast and pocket weather all runs on the linode network you know we even have recently set up a like a cdn like a content delivery network you know on on their platform as well it's really seamless you know they've got all the load balancing they've got a 40 gigabit network that it's all connected to and again like i said before ssd storage so super fast storage super fast cpu super fast networking everything you want from from someone like this so as a listener of this show, if you go to linode.com, L-I-N-O-D-E.com slash material, uh, you'll be supporting us and you'll get $20 towards your first Linode plan. And it comes with a seven-day money-back guarantee. So if you power one up and you're like, oh, too powerful for me, you haven't lost anything, you get your money back. Uh, again, linode.com slash material to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or if you're already in the checkout process, material20 is the promo code you want to use. And we want to thank Linode so much for supporting this show and all of RelayFM. Shupa. So uh, I've, I have to apologize to everybody who's subscribing to my Instagram feed, my Twitter, my Flickr feed, uh, because Prisma, as promised, has finally arrived on Android. And that means that instead of just simply using the iOS app on my iPad to process every single photo that was on my iPad and post them with this really wonderful uh, AI-based sort of deep dream, but but not 
LSD like uh, processing app. I now had to I, <laughs> I downloaded it and I spent the next two hours going through again every app on my Nexus 5X. Uh, so definitely <laughs> check that out. It will you will have the exact same experience that I and pretty much everyone else had. It is kind of freaky. Uh, the way it does it. Um, one also one quick last little hit. Uh, we were talking. We have been talking about because we live in this world and it is this summer, 2016, uh, about Pokemon Go. There is now a app called Poke Detector for Android Wear that will buzz your wrist and put up a notification every time you are near, unbeknownst to you because you don't have the magic goggles on, uh, uh, a a little adorable critter that I'm not going to pretend I know what the game is about. But the, apparently you can abduct living creatures who are happy where they are and and trap them in some way uh, and use that to bolster your ego or your your, your reputation with friends. I don't know. You, you, I'm, you're they, close, they look, Andy. You're close, uh, but you're not they, quite they brutal like enough. Fun. You, you actually throw, you throw physical objects at animals that are just happily sitting out in the wild you hit them on the head. This is the goal. You hit them on the head. You have to knock them out, ah, get them into your pokey ball, and then and then you take them to gyms. And you think, oh, okay, getting getting some odd animal exercise, you know, good good thing. Maybe take them to the vet. No, you make them fight against each other. This is what the Pokemon is all about, Andy. And there we completely go. haven't misrepresented it even at all. stronger generation. Yeah, hundred percent uh, accurate. Am I right, Yasmin? Wow, this this sounds absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I want, you put I want it to, that I've, way, I've, Russell and Andy, we're, we're having some fun here. We're just Josh and we're ribbon people. I actually saw uh, the first time I was in the uh, Boston's Public Garden at, since uh, Pokemon Go came out, uh, and I just it all the it really is exactly as people have described it, where you will see clusters of like a dozen and twenty people in one place or another because that's where the Pokemon are, <laughs> and that's where the, you're. you're picking things up and training them and they're just lovely people who are just having a good time groups of two and three walking through the park saying oh i think it's, it's supposed to be on the bridge where's the bridge oh give me that bridge let's go let's walk to the bridge so there's nothing wrong with that this it's quite quite lovely we'll just that we love it's you can always tell someone who was raised in a large family because the only way we can express love is by teasing people and not caring or being aware that you're actually causing pain instead of being nice so i'm sorry <laughs> yes i come from a family of four siblings so i can definitely relate to that this is how we we tell each other <laughs> that we love each other so <laughs> the other the other hey, people butt face <laughs> i thought i smelled something <laughs> <laughs> the other people andy that keep trying to tell me they love me are all the telemarketers that uh, that call me i noticed this as soon as i got every time i go to the u.s i get a brand new at&t sim uh, hot off the press you know other people get t-mobile sims doesn't matter it's a phone number I've literally given out to no one because I don't care about the phone number. I'm just using the, the data plan while I'm over there. Um, and within a day, I start getting robocalls. I'm like, what? What is this? How does this even happen? And they, they don't stop either. Like, I'm like, hello? And it's, it's just a robot. I'm like, okay, hang up. And then it's like a telemarketer. I'm like, okay, hang up. And from now, I'm like, yeah, I'm not just not going to answer my phone. But apparently, apparently, Google is rolling out some features into their phone app that, that can fix all of these problems. In the U.S. only for the moment, but can can you help me here? Is it working for you guys? I haven't gotten the update yet, uh, but this sounds super, super awesome because, you know, I usually don't take phone calls. Like, that's just not a thing I do on my phone very often, which, of course, is ironic, right? Is uh, what, you know, the phone, the smartphone, a lot of people don't usually take phone calls. Um, and one of the things is, so when my phone does ring, I'm like, oh no, like who's calling me? Is this my daughter's school to let me know that she bumped her head? Uh, that actually happens on a regular basis. Or, you know, is it someone that actually needs to get a hold of me? Uh, but a lot of the time I pick up and it is a spam caller or a robo caller. And you're just thinking, oh, come on. Like I am about to walk into a meeting and I picked this up because I thought it was going to be important. So when this update comes around, I am going to love it because it's going to say suspected, you know, spam caller and I will be able to know, all right, it's usually spam, not going to pick up. Uh, so I think that's, that's super, super sweet. Um, I know that the f flow from all about Android had an app that she was using because she was getting this, you know, uh, all, all these issues were coming up and it was an app that she had installed that kind of checks everything before it comes in. But the fact that this one's actually integrated into Google uh, or into like the phone, it's built into the phone app that Google provides is pretty, pretty amazing. So I'm excited. I, I love the app for, for phone calling, uh, for, for making phone calls on 
Android, which is the one that Google provides, because one of my favorite features that it provides um, is if you start searching for a location that's near you in the dialer, it will actually pop up the number of that place. So you don't have to go into Google Maps, search for the location, and then tap on call and then start the phone call. You can actually start searching for stuff within the phone app. So like that is probably one of my favorite features because you just start typing in, oh, hey, what's that salon that I go to? What's the, what's the number on there if you don't have it on there? And you can find find it. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I think this is going to be really beneficial. So I can't wait to get it. We love I love uh, my Android phone because it allows me to use the phone the way I want to, which is to not talk to anybody ever. And it's, <laughs> I just want the ability for somebody to call me the one out of every thousand people that actually has a reason to talk to me, just so I can talk to them long enough to make sure that they have my chat handle and my Twitter handle and my email address, and they never have to call me again. It's actually, I think, I think that the the way that it alerts you to a, a possible spam call is the way that I react every time my phone actually lights up and rings. It's actually just a big red warning, red alert sort of thing. Only for me, that represents red alert human trying to have live interaction, social interaction with you. Uh, there's uh, uh, there's another really cool update to, to Maps uh, that they – and part of it is really subtle and part of it is really practical. Uh, they have made it prettier. And with Maps, when you make it prettier, you actually make it a lot more useful. Uh, one of the complaints that uh, you can certainly have, particularly if you're using it primarily on a phone, is that uh, there's a lot of clutter on the screen. There might be a lot of data on there, lots of points of interest, lots of features that – keeps you from identifying the street that you're actually trying to find. Uh, so they are totally kind of retooled the entire map interface. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about buttons and knobs. I'm talking about the artistically what it looks like. So that uh, essentially the first order retrievability of data is now very, very selective. So you'll, you'll see towns, you'll see really huge points of interest that are really important. Uh, you'll see major roads, but that's pretty much it. But there are also queues based on the colors that of uh, zones you sign, find on the map that indicate, like if you're in a city and you see patches of like sand-colored uh, squares, that means that there is an unusually high level of places to go, things to see, uh, art, places of interest there. And if you choose to zoom in on that area, it will start populating it with, here is the, here is the burrito place, here is the burrito and beer place, here is the beer and tacos place. Uh, but that won't clutter you when you're just trying, you're 10 minutes late for a doctor's appointment, and you're trying to find Swamp Sussex Drive uh, with all the, the maple drives and all the, uh, all the Elm Streets uh, that are around there. Uh, and the other cool thing they did is... Uh, th- Google has always given you the ability to submit fixes and updates to Maps, but it hasn't really been done through the Map app. You really have to be you really have to absolutely want to do it because you have to remember that okay, this uh, this this road led me directly into a swamp. Uh, now that I've got my car out of the swamp, I'm definitely going to remember when I get to my office to go to the web browser, go to Google Earth and post some updates. Now they've actually embedded uh, tools like that directly into the map itself so that you can do things like say, oh, uh, the map doesn't know that there is actually a really cool monument to a spy school in Brookline and Coolidge Corner, so I can basically add that as a point of interest or the Ether monument uh, in the uh, in the in Boston's Public Garden. Uh, and also, uh, you can also sort of uh, vote on the additions that other people have made. You, you can, not only can you apply corrections, but uh, the map app, if you decide to dig into this, uh, will ask you, is that accurate? Is this, are, are you actually seeing uh, the, are you actually seeing burritos, 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 burritos store uh, right here? You can tell, no, it isn't. Uh, and if it's there, it will ask you, well, do, what, if it's a restaurant, for instance, it'll ask you, uh, it'll put up some suggested tags and say, okay, do you think this is intimate? Is it loud? Is it uh, really lots of lights? Is it really sort of like dancey? And uh, the, the great power of crowdsourced information isn't so much citizen volunteers so much as people who are waiting for their drinks to arrive and are bored. And they happen to see that, oh, there's all these things I can do to sort of fine-tune this information. It's more like playing a game for 34 seconds before they realize they are in a bar and they can order more drinks. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had this uh, happen to me. And normally, for some reason, happens in the morning when I first sit down uh, for work. Google's like, hey, we noticed you, you were probably at this place, this restaurant, like last night. Does it? Ha- do you want to help other people? Like, I'm like, yes, I always want to help other people. And they're like, does it have outdoor seating? You know, is it uh, family friendly? And all these other questions. I'm like, and it literally only takes five seconds. You're like, yes, yes, no, you know, not sure if you don't know something. 
and that's it. Like it goes off into the Google algorithm and I guess they get enough responses and they know, they okay, this place is, is family friendly or not family friendly. This place has outdoor seating. This place doesn't have outdoor seating. And I think that's really cool because as I get more and more into Google Maps, I found I've actually started to base some of my life around it. You know, we'll, we'll be going to a place and I'll no longer um, go to Google search and start Google searching things. I'll just go straight to Google Maps and, you know, have a look around and all the detailed information's in there, all the phone numbers like you were saying, Yasmin, are in there, addresses, reviews, like almost, yeah, everything you could possibly want. Yeah, one of the neat updates that they made, and you uh, touched on this, Andy, um, but you know they made a subtle color scheme change to help you differentiate between man-made or natural features. Um, so some of the things that allows you quickly to identify places like hospitals, schools, or highways. And in case you're curious, here's a key to showing you what each color of the map represents, and they have an image uh, there showing you what each of the items represent, and we'll put a link in there um, showing you. But it's actually really, really cool because they have, you know, water is blue, which makes sense. You generally think of water. Uh, if it's a park or, you know, natural vegetation, it's going to be green. The ground is kind of like a grayish color. And then even schools have, you know, a, a color a color difference. And then a hospital is kind of like this light pink. Um, and so that's actually really, really helpful because as you're driving around and maybe you want to identify things that are around you, and maybe you're looking at the at the maps on your Android Auto and being able to actually see that just the subtle color changes will even give you information without overloading you with hospital, school, ground, park, and like all these labels. Uh, so the fact that they thought of that is super, super uh, ingenious because so many things as a designer is how do I provide the user with this information? And also, how do I not overload them? Because if each one of those things was marked um, with all these different labels, it might be way too over, too much and too much information thrown at you, which actually might distract you from driving and on the road. So um, it is super, super neat. Man, Google Maps is one of those apps that lately has been getting so many awesome improvements that I'm just like, wow, like, thank you. Like, I it's the the ability to add a stop in between. So if you're traveling and you're going all the way to Russell's house, maybe you're driving, you had to take a boat there probably, but you get to Russell's house and you're in there and you're thinking, oh man, I am out of gas. I need to find a gas station. But before I get to Russell's house, you know, I don't want to, uh, I still want to keep Russell's address in my phone. You can add a pit stop in between that shows you all the different uh, gas station locations and the time it's going to take you to get there. So it's going to add seven more minutes on your trip or, hey, this one only adds five more minutes. So this is maybe the one you want to go. Um, so it really does do some pretty amazing stuff. So uh, thank you, Google Maps Street, for, for team, for doing all these uh, awesome updates. We really do appreciate it. And I think it's yeah. going to be really cool. Yeah. Uh, what I love the most about it is that it, the Maps app keeps getting more and more features, but it never, and, and yet it keeps looking less and less complicated every year or two. They keep hiding features until that moment where it is definitely appropriate for you to see it and even then it's let's test the waters and see if this person is actually on the sidewalk with an hour and a half to kill and actually looking for a library or a uh, or a movie theater or something uh it's it's just a marvel a marvelous demonstration of uh, the whole theory behind uh, the material design i will say because we have demonstrated that if i say something that could be interpreted as miskind to the work of a, of a googler uh let, if there's if there are developers who are actually at Google who are actually listening, here is a feature that is so 2016 that I really would love to see, uh, and I would love it if it were possible for uh, if when I when I ask it for a, for a route if. I'm able to either through my personal preferences or just for the search say that I am willing to walk up to – I'm willing to start off this journey by walking up to X miles or taking a bike up to X miles. There are a lot of people, for instance, in Boston, I keep noticing more and more, people who have really nice little folding bicycles. Uh, because their commute ends uh, at the Mass Bay Transit Authority at a certain point, and then they unfold their from their backpack this cute little uh, French folding bicycle, and they are willing to ride three or four miles to the, the, their actual destination. Uh, me, myself, I have to – oftentimes when I'm uh, doing a search for how do I get from A to B, I have to fake it and say that my home is at the commuter rail station that's just a 20-minute bike ride away. I would love to tell it that uh, – because there, there are times when it says <laughs> – the route uh, there, there's a bus that can pick me up right at the end of my street 
or again a commuter rail station that has like a million as a huge transit hub and oftentimes i'll say well how do i i need to get to uh, cambridge uh and i need, i want to leave like uh, right now and say well it'll take you about four hours and, eight, and 18 minutes uh, to make the 38 minute trip because it's like oh, I need. He needs to get to the commuter rail station, but he's going to have to take that local bus twenty miles to a major city, get another bus from that city that goes to the commuter rail station. So the final mile is becoming a really big part of the lexicon of modern transit. That people just expect that I've got uh, I've got an electronic self balancing unicycle to get me from the subway to my office, or I really want to walk more, so I'm really okay with now spending a half hour walking to uh, to get from the uh, last stop uh, of the public trans- transit or, or for parking uh, to where I go. So I'd love it to be able to simply say, uh, have like a little slider saying, I'm willing to, at the start or the end of this, I'm willing to uh, human power motor, motor locate up to and slide to, oh, let's say up to five miles. Uh, and then, oh, well, in that case, you know, just leave the house at, leave the house at noon. We can, you can be there at, uh, at 10 minutes to, to, to one uh, because the, there's a bus that'll pick you up that's just a 20-minute walk away. It'll take you right there. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And I've been to San Francisco, Andy. I've seen all the 2016 trends. So there's a new one now, which is a powered skateboard. So you get on a skateboard, you have a little hand controller, and apparently you can cruise up to like 20, 30 miles an hour, I, th- I think. Uh, I could be exaggerating. Um, but it, this thing goes. And then there's the, the one where you it looks like a Segway without a stick, if that makes sense. So you kind of stand on this unicycle electric powered wheel thing and that that cruises you down the street i've seen a few of those the segway seem to have died out I, I don't think that's that's a thing anymore except at tourist parks and things they, they were they were the company was bought out by the company that the legitimate company that made those quote hoverboards unquote the ones that were like immediately knocked off by chinese manufacturers and became just time bombs and <laughs> in everybody's hands <laughs> uh and we're now it's in the ban from like all the subways banned from airports banned from everywhere uh, but yeah, I, I mean, this it looks. Rid- what I love is there is this thousand dollar, fifteen hundred device. It, it is, it is a self balancing electronic unicycle. But imagine like a skateboard, only instead of two sets of trucks at either end of it, there's like one like wheelbarrow wheel. Uh, in the center of it between your legs and just like a bicycle it might take you a few days to get the hang of it but once you get the hang of it it's this big thick air filled <laughs> tire that can bounce over cracks bounce over everything like that and it's very very comfortable to to, to go and i've been seeing those like uh, not in Bo- not on all not necessarily all over the place in boston but enough that it uh, here and in san francisco and other places that it really does make me think that there is a slow but inexorable revolution happening that people are willing to spend a lot of money for just a device that will get them from the subway to their office or from the bus stop or the commuter rail stop to their home because a lot of people are kind of getting hip to the idea that it seems super wasteful for me to drive four miles from my house and leaving a car at a commuter rail station when a much simpler and less impactful device can get me there just as well and with a lot more fun. And this episode of Material is brought to you by Igloo. These days, people are using 30 different cloud services to get their work done every day. Whether you're using Salesforce, Zendesk, or Google Drive, it's harder than ever to keep track of everything. But now you're able to bring your cloud-based apps together in a modern intranet with Igloo's integrations. Visit igloosoftware.com forward slash material today and get your own free version of Igloo. It's time to try a better internet you'll actually like. Thank you so much, Igloo, for the support of the show and all of Relay FM. Shupa. Well, I got some. I got some new toys in uh, last week that I haven't finished reviewing yet. Uh, one is the. Uh, it's basically the uh, the Moto G series. I have both the uh, Moto G, the Moto G four uh, plus and the Moto G four nothing. Uh, and they're pretty good. They're, they carry on uh, the tradition. This is the first phone, uh, part of the first wave of phones of uh, Motorola since the company had to deal with no longer being Motorola and being bought by uh, by Lenovo and being switched out to uh, as a division of other places. As a matter of fact, I have to. There it is. I, I had. To, I'm turning the boxes around to make sure that yes, they are Lenovo branded phones because you actually you see the you see the word Moto, you see the word Motorola.com, and you see Lenovo. So. I don't. Maybe maybe when they're preparing the packaging, they didn't know who's going to own them by the time these things shipped, and they decided it's going to cost so much money to reprint all these boxes that uh, that who knows. Uh, but it's pretty good stuff so far. We're, we're talking about uh, it's a, it's amazing that they can make 
uh, it's amazing that they can make a $250 phone uh, that has a, a, a fingerprint sensor. It's like the, the the minimum number of features on even a cheap phone keeps going, going up and up and up. And so we're still talking about having a phone with a decent amount of storage, a big screen that's durable with a good level of uh, build quality and is respectfully zippy uh, in, uh, in in operation uh, and that again you own it for 250 bucks uh, and so i'm pleased with it so far but i haven't done like the sort of in-depth testing of it yet uh one thing that i'm kind of trying to figure out in my own head though is that i really love the one plus three i was like blown away by the quality of this phone again it's not the 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 moto g4 they're very nice but you could you would pick it out of a lineup as the budget oriented phone uh whereas the one plus three costs about the same or maybe just a tiny bit more but you would think that it was competing price wise with uh a top of the line samsung or a top of the line iphone so one of the things i'm trying to figure out is that where does the moto g fit because when the when this name first came out, it was the only phone that you could get that was a wonderful phone for two hundred dollars. And now there are a couple wonderful phones out there for about that price point. Um, I would have to say for now, though, that uh, if I were going to trust a company to provide me with security updates on a timely basis and major OS updates on a timely basis, that edge would probably go to Motorola uh, to Moto slash Motorola slash Lenovo uh, over uh, the over OnePlus. Uh, not because they're a bad company, but because uh, OnePlus is is a smaller company that doesn't have the resources that's being thrown into the into the Moto. Uh, but uh, pretty fun time to be alive. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, I'm going to look forward to play this I, I've, I've, as usual. It's going to be a case of saying, did they screw up the camera? Did they screw up the camera? Did they screw up the camera? Is it a good <laughs> camera? I've had my heart broken into 12 pieces by Motorola phone cameras. Yeah, is the so I'm looking. I'm trying to find the differences between the G4 and the G4 Plus. Um, it looks like the fingerprint scanner is on the G4 Plus. That's like definitely one of the things that stands out. And there may be a camera difference. I think it's yeah, the, uh, G, yeah. the G4 Plus has the laser autofocus. So uh, in theory, it'll focus better in low light uh, than the plain G4. Um, let's see. I think it's a little bit faster too. Uh, I have my notes actually not even handy because I thought because I, uh, I, <laughs> I wasn't I was I wasn't in that headspace quite yet. Uh, but yeah, there's there's that. I think there's the uh, fingerprint scanner uh, that you get uh, on the G Plus, and the box is blue instead of orange. I don't know if that will affect. <laughs> there we go. Those are, those are the main two differences for for fifty dollars difference. So it's a fifty dollars difference for the fingerprint scanner. I think fingerprint or yeah. readers are so, so worth it because unlocking your phone is just super fast and anything that you have to do, um, first off, you're going to be more secure because you actually put a password on it. If you're, le- you know, if there's less likely of, of an issue of like, oh, I have to type in my code or I have to swipe and, and do a design or any other, other ways to lock your phone, fingerprint scanner allows you to just touch it and boom unlock and i think it's totally worth the extra 50 um and it looks like you're going to get a little bit better camera and also a faster phone so that's pretty pretty cool i as i I was walking around with my moto x before the android and beta was compatible with pokemon go and there was something about it when i picked up the moto x that just made me kind of sad because i was like Oh, I love this phone so much. Like this was the the first phone that I was like, wow, this is what in essence is the beauty of Android where it's still keeping a lot of the, you know, the stock Android operating system, which I love from Nexus, oh, but it still was added some functionality that later actually got it developed into Android stock Android so like the the screen what, what was it the oh, the always on display when you like lifted mm-hmm. it up and it showed you the time and any notifications. Um, one of the things I still really miss is just being able to hover my hand over the phone and it being able to, to you know, activate and show me my my time and notifications because sometimes that's really all you need. You just want to look at like if any new notifications came in or whatnot. Um, and the size, it's funny because I have the Nexus uh, 6, you know, P and it's a giant phone and I love the size, but I held the Moto X and I was like, oh, I kind of miss you. And so it was just such a fun phone. Uh, so it was kind of this, uh, this like, this moment where I got a little, little teary eyed for my Moto X. So um, I, 
I still, I don't know if I'll, we'll see what is developed later from Motorola to say if I will ever go back to Motorola in terms of, of phones. I think I think they're doing amazing, amazing stuff uh, for even just the entry-level ones or the mid-range ones. I think they're doing great because these are the phones that you can buy for you know $200, $250, and they're great phones, and you can use them, um, and, and they're going to be pretty awesome. So and for that, I think they're amazing. Um, we'll have to see what their higher-end phones come out. I think this is really interesting, Yasmin. I don't know if you remember back to some of the early episodes of Material, but we were super hot on uh, Motorola back then. It was Motorola could basically do no wrong apart from maybe in the camera department. Like everything they were doing was just like home run, home run, and we we loved all their products. You know, there was <laughs> you did. and we we are here like we're in episode what are we now fifty seven? And 50, I don't know about you two, like but that. I feel like my love of Motorola is waning a little bit. You know, there was a few missteps with the the latest. Um, I say the latest, it's not the latest anymore. Last year's uh, Moto X that came out, I felt like that was a oh, bit yeah. like, uh, like not. It was it was still a nice phone, but yeah. it wasn't the phone that like was this awesome update that you were looking forward to. Yeah, I was looking for something Motorola-y, and I don't really know how to define that, except that I kind of expected them to make things that are different to the rest of the industry. And I think it's interesting now, like the, the Moto G is still the Moto G. That's always been their budget phone. I think that's always been a hit, like in a lot of countries. This year around, they have... I believe you guys call it the Moto Z. In in Australia, we'd call it the Moto Z. Um, And this seems a little bit more Motorola-y. You know, it's a bit quirky. There's a connector on the back. There's different things that attach to it. And I don't know, Andy, have you managed to, uh, to get your hands on one of these yet? Not yet, because I I kind of backed up on phone reviews, and I, I was believe it or not, I was actually more interested in the budget phones uh, for now. But I can't wait to get my hands on them. Uh, the idea of having a really simple but effective way to add fundamental hardware to the thing you just have this row of like contact pogo plugs on it so you can either just pop a brightly colored uh, back on it that has exactly what you want on it or you can have a back that has more battery or you can have a back that has more camera there's even one uh, yasmin was nice enough to uh, uh, p- remind me that uh, via via uh, via slack uh, that there's even a pico projector uh, back so we can basically deliver your presentations on uh, on the Excella Express or, or run through them or watch really bad movies at really terrible resolution. Not a huge fan of Pico projectors is Andy Anatko, uh, but <laughs> it's, uh, but uh, I mean, th- but the idea of having uh, th- this I, this thing where uh, if that's not just if that's not everything that could be done with this, this is just the the accessories that Motorola has decided to release on their own, and they're basically encouraging everybody to please create your own. One of the most interesting and intriguing uh, iPhone accessories that uh, I tested out and reviewed last year was a uh, little uh, little camera has a beautiful glass lens, a beautiful Sony twenty megapixel sensor, and it has a pop out lightning connector, so you can basically click it into the bottom of an iPhone and an app that they provide will control, give you a viewfinder stuff. So the idea is that you're basically having the ease and compactness of the iPhone camera, but the picture is being taken with this beautiful sensor that's going to be taking gorgeous images. But it's kind of clunky. It's something that's you know, it doesn't integrate really well physically or mechanically, but the idea of of making a device like that for the Moto Z, where they can make it so that it's almost as though Motorola designed this as a Motorola phone with a 20 megapixel uh, uh, Sony sensor and a real glass lens and a flash, let's say, uh, and just uh, two years after I buy this phone, being able to continue to improve upon it and make it uh, more rational uh, for where my life is at that point, such a great idea. Idea. And this is, uh, it's, it's like you both said, this is one of the reasons why I'm such a fan of uh, Motorola phones, because the team just keeps thinking about what can we do that, uh, here, here are the eight phones that everybody is making 12 copies of, what can we do that's new, what can we do that's different, what excites us, what's our point of view, what do we want to say through this design that we're making. So always exciting when a new Motorola phone comes out. Oh man, so I went to the Moto Z uh, website the Motorola website to look at the Moto Z and I just saw this black and rose gold phone and it is <laughs> it looks slick it looks super super slick um I, I guess I'm a sucker for rose gold oh man that looks really really nice it's funny the the fingerprint reader reminds me of Samsung yeah so the design of it yep 
yep. square at the and bottom. So, square at the bottom. Um, so it's funny that they went in the front instead of putting it in the back, which I actually, I love the back. Um, yeah, I have to. It's like, that, that was one of the, I'm sorry to interrupt, like the but that's dimple. one of the, no, that's yeah, one of the, the, the first, they're the first, the, it's just, all it is is a simple little indentation in the back of the phone in the first generation. Did do, again, last with this one, it was just an indentation and if uh, when I when I was handed it for during my briefing, I was like, okay, that's oh my god, that means that when I take this out, my finger automatically finds it and it knows how to center it in my hand, and it knows that when I'm taking it out of my pocket, it's right side up. It's like what a stupidly brilliant and simple thing, and this it's one of the things I love about uh, about my Nexus phone that they put the fingerprint sensor pretty much in that sort of same place in the back, and it made me really think that oh Apple, you screwed up. You should not put – and Samsung, you screwed up. You want to put the fingerprint sensor in the back because that's where your finger is when you're taking it out of your pocket or your purse or something like that. So, so many great ideas. Yeah, so that's so interesting that they changed it because, yeah, the, the dimple design on the back was kind of the Motorola thing. That's what they initiated. Um, and so I think a lot of the fingerprint readers that went on the back – although it wasn't a fingerprint reader at first, it kind of took on that design of like, hey, there's this spot, this dimple that it fits perfectly for me to rest my my finger on there. Um, but this, I the phone looks pretty slick. The whole thing is like super, super ultra design, uh, or ultra thin design. It kind of, people are going to hate me when I say this, <laughs> kind of looks like an iPhone. <laughs> 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 the rounded corners. <laughs> I mean, I just, I like the black and rose gold. Maybe I just like those two color combinations. Yeah, and it's it's funny. I I kind of agree about the fingerprint sensor. It's like they had the perfect location for it. I, I know it's probably really hard engineering wise to put a fingerprint sensor on a phone that thin in that particular location. But I, I if I was on the design team, I would have pushed for that so hard. Just like we already have the dimple, just make it the dimple. How magical um, would that be? The other thing that strikes me about this phone is it has a huge um, camera bump on the end. And it's got those pins kind of sticking out there. It's almost saying to you after you've bought the phone, like, hey, you need to put something on the back of this. You know, wouldn't it be nice if you had like a bamboo case or a leather case or a battery case or a speaker case? Like, it's just begging for you to to snap something on the back there. And I love on their website, it's how do you snap things on? They say magnets, really strong magnets. Mm. Or, you know, you, you could be one of those freaks who wants, I don't know, like a headphone jack. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, the losers who want like a video projector, but God, we can all make fun of the people who want to plug headphones into a phone. Jeez. Yeah, that's oh the same thing about his phone. Is there, there is no headphone I mean, no, if, just you, USB-C. You, you, like what, you like what you like. I mean, if you're, if you're one of you people are listening, I don't want to make fun of you, but oh my oh, God. Man. <laughs> people who want I, a headphone. I mean, God, I'm sorry. 1983 call. They want their Walkman headphones back. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Everybody, you're nodding with me. Am I right? Yes, but I'm being you, sarcastic. You know, <laughs> you, you know, one thing that Motorola did that Apple won't do when they release their headphone-less um, jack, head, headphone jackless. Wait, is that even a <laughs> I'm word? looking forward to their it. Their iPhone yeah, 7 saying, without a headphone jack. Oh, man. Yes. They, re- they gave you a port adapter, a headphone a port adapter included, a 3.5 millimeter to USB-C. Headphone port adapter is included with the buying of the phone. I'm not sure Apple's going to do that when they release theirs. So. Yeah. Hey, at I least you have that. Um, I the see that it's just the idea of losing the headphone jack uh, seems seems so terrible to me because you know when you're at work and you really just want to listen to some music, you have your headphones and you just want to be able to quickly plug them in. And what happens when you want to charge your phone and also listen to music? So I'm sure you'll have to find another adapter, another dongle that has like two ports coming out so you can actually plug into one of them and listen to the the headphone or listen to your music and then plug in the other one to actually charge. And yes, I know there is a such thing as Bluetooth that's uh, headphones. But you know what is one of the most unreliable things on my phone besides launching the Nexus uh, 6P camera is Bluetooth. Like, yeah. I can't tell you how many times my Bluetooth will just disconnect out it. And I'm like, I don't know what happened. Uh, the audio is just not coming through as well. Like, it happens even on my Android Auto because it does connect via Bluetooth at times. So, Bluetooth is just one of those things that every device has, but I can't 
it can't be one of the, it's not one of those things that I'm like, oh man, use Bluetooth. It's going to be super, super reliable. You're never going to have any issues. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the rumor about Apple deleting the headphone jack from the iPhone 7 has been in place since at least January or February, which means that I've added all year long another item to the things I try to sneakily look at when I see other people on a bus or a subway train or in a tourist place using a phone. I, I do, as a columnist, I try to see how people are using technology. And so in the, one of my background processes is trying to notice people who are wearing Bluetooth headphones. And there, there is, because I was wondering, is there some sort of, just like there was a transition from proprietary data connectors to USB, and that's why Apple uh, introduced the iMac that only had USB, is there, are people like not using uh, optical drives as much as they used to, which is why you don't see laptops with optical drives? Have, am I missing the boat? Is everybody using Bluetooth headphones these days? Am I just out of touch? And no, emphatically no. I am completely in touch in this. Uh, I was, there was one day where I actually came into the downtown uh, beautiful day so there were lots of people walking around five hours before i was supposed to meet someone for dinner partly to enjoy the day but also specifically to stand like i was some sort of a narc and just observe people and try to count how many people i see with bluetooth headphones and from something like noon until five i saw exactly three bluetooth headphones then i was standing at a corner in uh, the financial district that's on the way to it as you leave when you rush out of the office to because your work day is over getting to your commuter train that's when i finally saw more people with bluetooth uh, headphones but they were outnumbered by wire headphones by at least 10 to 1 and uh, i remember specifically the <laughs> the folding the folding bicycle thing because uh, that was the other day when i realized that i had, again i had basically eight hours worth of errands to run and stuff to do in the city and realized that my god i have seen five people with folding bicycles i have seen two people with bluetooth headphones so i'm really <laughs> concerned if uh, it's, it's not something that it's it's a it's not a problem for motorola because if they don't even have all of their 2016 phones without headphone jacks and even if they did decide to delete it across the line there are so many options in android and almost all of them have headphone jacks it becomes a problem with apple because uh if they were i don't think that if they were to do it they would have uh, just like last year they have the flagship iphone success and success uh, plus uh, i don't think that they have they'll have like the iphone 7 and 7s plus and neither of them have headphone jacks i think that if they do it they will delete it from one of the new or one of the updated models and you could still take refuge and god bless copper and god bless pathways for electrons to uh, leap and gamble and play uh, up and down and, and across that that copper wire but the thing is that means that even if uh, one out of three new models introduced by apple uh, in 2016 has no headphone jack that means that a full third of the 2016 phones that run ios do not have a headphone jack and are not going to be terribly useful to people who have not for some reason completely embraced uh, wireless headphones and i mean the last thing i'll say is that I, i'm totally with you yasmin i've uh, I, I bought a a cheap 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 no-name chinese bluetooth speaker uh, for my bike it's just like uh, i just have it like gaffer taped uh to the handlebars so i can listen to podcasts like while while i travel and it means it, when i listen to music on headphones you plug it in and it works that's all you do. You plug it in, and you don't even think about it. With this Bluetooth, uh, th it wouldn't matter for the $200 uh, Bluetooth speaker I have. I turn it on. I listen as I'm getting my helmet on, as I'm, like, putting things in my, in my basket. I listen to doo-doo-doo, beep. Like, okay, it thinks it's connected, so I'm not going to press play on the podcast and nothing. Okay, uh, okay, I see the three dots. So it's connected to something. Okay, so, yeah. See, now, why is it saying connected to speaker, no media? Like, it's, and I will be standing there, and it's summer. It's really hot. So, yes, I am an overweight middle-aged man who is wearing not bike-stretchy costumes, but shorts and sort of a clingy polyester top. So I want to get moving quickly before the mean kids come out with their phones and start posting mean things about me on Snapchat. <laughs> okay, but I'm st and after five minutes, it's like, I now would much rather just spend 45 minutes thinking about how much I hate Bluetooth. That will entertain me for the entire ride rather than sit here and troubleshoot something. So I'm, I just I'm, want to listen to yeah. audio. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I oh, I can completely I, I sympathize with you, Andy, because the most you have mean frustrating kids with Snapchat. thing about they're everywhere. Yes, yeah, they're kids? everywhere. Those mean kids on Snapchat. They figured out the interface. I'm like, look, if I need someday how to work your metabolism Snapchat, will slow down too, and maybe it won't seem so funny. <laughs> so uh, 
I, yes, the last thing I want to, sometimes, you know, you've had a long day, all you want to do is listen to some tunes, and the last thing you want to do is mess with it, and make sure that the Bluetooth connects, and oh man, I, yes, I, I, I have, I have feelings, I have feelings about this, because... Yes, it is an issue. It is an issue. Uh, but we'll see what develops and if it's a trend that kind of sticks or, you know, if it's something that they say, Ugh, we're sorry. You know how we created those uh, drives, the light scribe drives, and now they're not <laughs> in existence? Well, it was really kind of a neat idea and we went back. Well, now we got rid of it altogether. Yeah. But it's, it's, well, if Apple does it, it's going to be hysterically funny because Apple is going to, I'm certain they're going to have 20 minutes of, you're, we've solved the problem that's been bugging all of you forever. We've like, finally battery? Battery? freed you from the... T- the battery? <laughs> oh, you made an affordable one now? Well, no. Oh, so now you have the... Three- no, no, we decided that... You know how, like, sometimes when you get up from your desk too fast and uh, the headphone, you have it plugged into the headphone jack and it pulls it off? Well, now it's not possible because now you don't... You're You're welcome. So that's that's part that's that's part that's part of what I'm sort of curious about. That right right now the the rumors are looking at this point. Uh, I'm seeing the sort of things and I'm hearing the sort of things I would expect to see and hear in July if Apple were indeed planning to introduce at least one headphoneless iPhone in September. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how they're going to explain it because uh, and this, that's I, I won't uh, bore people further with uh, going further off on this tangent. But part of what I'm trying to think is in addition to seeing if people are actually using bluetooth headphones sitting and leaning back and uh, in my office chair and thinking can i think of a single reason for not having a headphone jack that is pro consumer that is a, an actual feature for the user and i can't come up with a single one every time i come up with a possible a possibility a feature, you can connect to bluetooth if you really wanted to still right. it's yeah, actually still taking there. away something not only that right. but you, uh, sorry what don't you have to do with headphones you don't have to charge them they're cheap you can plug them into any device in the world because they all have the same jack. And you know what? They're like, you can pick some up for like five bucks. They're just like, yeah, they're almost disposable. Yeah, I will say, you know, I will say this. There definitely is some use cases where you can't be connected to your phone, like your phone's in your pocket and it's far away in terms like you don't have a long thing. Like, so for instance, my husband is an aircraft mechanic. Uh, so he is sometimes <laughs> hiding. He doesn't wear a cape. He, he, so. okay. he also doesn't have a, plug, he doesn't have a crystal gale style. He doesn't want the cord to get ponytail. stuck in the, in the engine. No. Yeah. So, no, he actually, yeah, he like the only piece of jewelry he wears is his wedding band because like a watch would just get stuck and all this stuff. But so, I actually did buy him a pair of Bluetooth headphones because he is like, you know, in between tight spots trying to get into the airplane and fix something. And so if, uh, you know, the cord were to get untangled, that would be a huge pain. So there, there definitely is a benefit to Bluetooth headphones. We're not saying there isn't, but the fact of completely removing something because you think it is like the best thing ever when there is so many problems already, unless you fix the Bluetooth issue, like, that's that's the first thing you need to fix before you're like, hey, everyone, trust us. Uh, Bluetooth is going to be the best thing ever. And, oh, yeah, we'll address all those issues later down the road. Yasmin mm-hmm. is going to end her rant there. But um, <laughs> it's it's we'll see. We'll just see what happens in the world. And great thing about Android users, we have so many different options to choose from. But maybe so maybe I'll have to pass on this beautiful rose gold uh, black Moto Z. So, Andy, where can people stay connected with you and maybe get some updates as you're as you're learning as you're learning more about the new Moto phones? Uh, as always, uh, the price of admission to this wild ride is to spell my last name. Uh, best place is usually to go to Twitter, where I'm Anatko, I-H-N-A-T-K-O. Uh, I also have a blog, which, uh, because I'm dumb, I tend to wait until I post, like, thousand-word blog posts as opposed to short things. But you can find that stuff at anatko.com. And at both places, I try to link to uh, places where I've published my stuff, including the Chicago Sun-Times. And Russell... You just shipped iOS, uh, the Pocket Cast version, or the, <laughs> the iOS version of Pocket Cast. And so, woo! You know, the only reason I did so it, Yasmin, congratulations. is because you turned it into a joke on this show. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I probably should finish this because I've had enough of this joke personally. I'm done with it, damn it. Yeah. So I oh, man, I, I should have I should have just taken the liberty to say, 
hey, Russell, is uh, Pocket Cast for iOS shipped yet? You probably should have said, hey, Russell, has you know, middle, <laughs> peace in the Middle East been solved and it would have solved that problem instead. But yes, it has been shipped to Apple, Yasmin. In fact, during this podcast, it went to, you're not going to be able to see that in the camera, in review. I was actually hoping it would get oh, approved no. while we we're here. It hasn't been approved yet. I'm sorry. Our Apple oh, okay. overlords are sitting so on that button. If they know I'm on an Android podcast, Yasmin, this could never get shipped. We could be here forever. I... I, okay, so I got some crap because I made a joke about how long it takes for apps to be in review, like once you submit it and it's like this long process for Apple to approve them. And people were saying that it takes about one day now, but you've actually submitted this. How long ago did you submit this app? Well, to be fair, only one day ago. They have improved Okay, so <laughs> they have improved app review times like significantly. But the thing people don't realize is they used to be uh, 7 to 14 days. And to scale it back to one day feels like a massive win. You're like, one day, that's awesome. But the problem is it's still a variable amount of time. Like it could take one day, could take three days, could be rejected. Like there's still the whole thing you don't have on the Google Play Store where you submit something and, you know, roughly in one to three hours, this is going to be available no matter what. You don't have that certainty on an Apple platform. You're like, submit. And now I guess I wait. Like it could be rejected, could be approved, could be a day, could be three. There's still, it's still not as good, yes, man. You can, you can fire back with that. Well, let's... Let's close the show with one more. Hey, Russell, if we, if if we can. Hey, Russell, congratulations. Oh, <laughs> thanks you too. Congrats, Russell. We're 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 happy, and I'm kind of bummed that I don't get to tease you about it anymore. But um, I, I'm excited. Oh, we'll we'll I be teasing either... you about other things, but not about this wonderful app <laughs> I, that you that you and your team continue to update. I did get a sneak peek of the iOS uh, Pocket Cast uh, app because I needed some examples for my App Camp for Girls presentation. So yes, there was a Pocket Cast uh, screenshots on there. So hey, the you you have you may have new people that are going to buy the iOS app. All those campers, those developers. So there we go. That's right. You're, You're going to be taking. You're going to be taking <laughs> money from little girls who are trying to educate themselves. No, no, no. I so the, go, question, the, que- the question Fucking is, so basically, I want, you, I want you to make sure you take some photos of like what the room looks like because when the ghost of Christmas past visits you 40 years from now in your mansion, empty chambers, they're probably going to relive this. So they want to they know what the carpet samples look like, stuff like that. Are they going to have to catch me in my Lamborghini first? But, but <laughs> I'm thinking pocket cars <laughs> for happy campers. This, this could be our new tagline. I'm going to run it past the team later. Do it, do it. And I'm at Yasmin Evian on Twitter where you can maybe, maybe me, maybe I'll install that Android app that, uh, sorry, the Android Wear app that notifies me when there is a Pokemon available. I'll, uh, I don't know if I, I have to check it out and read some reviews, make sure it's not going to like steal all my information or something. Um, but you can find all of us on Twitter at, at Material Podcast. You can find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. And you can also send us feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. Keep the answers coming of letting us know where you are around the world with the hashtag WWMaterial. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time, stay in material. Gotta, gotta, gotta catch them all. Gotta catch him all, Pokemon. Listen, nerds. Bah. <laughs> <laughs>